Hey guys, welcome to the Vine Rant again. Dave, you're back. I'm back. back. I'm back. Yeah. Where were you? Why were you? Why, why were you away so long? Well, you know, <laughs> my cottage is across the pond, <laughs> so uh, you know, I spent my five weeks that I typically do in in month of August in uh, Portugal. It was great. And look at the tan. It came back all tan with a European beard. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. More white hairs. All the stress you guys have been causing me while I was gone. Oh, come on. There's, there's never <laughs> stress. There's never stress. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> so, for, for pretty much first week, first day of school for, you know, a lot of uh, our kids. I know my kids were pretty happy about it. How are your kids? Your kids are older, though, right? Yeah, my kids are older. My kids are, like, you know. Oh. school. Yeah, it's just part of the process, right? They're ready to go. They're actually, I think they're, they're more excited to go to school. Because they want to see their friends and stuff, yeah. especially because we've been yeah. away for five weeks. Yeah, for sure. Rather than, uh, and, you know, than probably other kids who were... We haven't seen them all summer either. And you're yeah. right. You can't Facebook or do any social media when you're away. Right? Oh, so dude, they're all over social media. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my, my bill when I was away was Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> what were you, Hugo? Yeah, yeah my, my little one went to school. First day uh, in school. Uh, she cried? Yeah, yeah, of course she cried. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's good. Awesome. So what, what are we going to rant today? What are we going to talk about? The market? Well, let's talk a little bit about the market. It's kind of like, it feels like back to school, back to work. So we kind of want to get yeah. a little bit of a grasp for everybody who's watching in terms of, you know, what's going on out there, you know, what you should be focusing on and, you know, how, how should you deal with the next couple months to wrap up the year to make sure you're in the best position? It's been busy. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know about you guys, but it's been, it's mm -hmm. been busy. Like, yeah. like purchases, you know, some refinances, but a lot of purchases and a lot of them last minute too. Um, some of them, yeah, depending on the area, like, sorry, I couldn't put a conditional on financing. I had to go mm -hmm. firm. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Short term, yeah. like I got to close in 30 days. Yeah. A lot of those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it's not just me. Obviously you guys are seeing it too. Yeah. Look, you know, while I was away, we we're still working and I was still dealing with my own individual clients. And I could say that this has probably been one of the busiest Augusts yeah. we've had, like I've had in 15 years, yeah, yeah. you know, that I've been in this business. So it's, it's, uh, clearly the market's clearly ramping up. I've seen the multiple offer situation like you guys are talking about. Yeah. We're seeing clients with short closings, but that's normal because of back to school. People want to get they into get a new house fast. before September. But now, but we're seeing know. this in Toronto, right? We're seeing this in Toronto. Like, this is a Toronto phenomenon right yeah. now. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we were, I was speaking with um, Shannon in, in, in BC. And They're not seeing in it Alberta. there. They're not. No. Right. So, you know. And I think it's just a lot more confidence. But is it that? I think so because it was. Or is there, is there literally a, a supply shortage? Like, do we have? Well, there's that too. Supply, well, sure. but volume is picked up. I think, I think that it has to do a little bit with the condo prices too, right? Condo prices have gone up so much that I think yeah. a lot of people are now asking themselves, "Hey, do I really want to buy a condo, or should I just take that maintenance fee and apply that to a mortgage payment and upgrade into a house?" Because I've seen a lot of entry yeah. level homes in that eight to a million fifty, yeah. and people are making that jump, yeah. you know, as a first time, or they're upgrading yeah. and they're unloading that small condo. But initially, three months ago, they were thinking of moving into a bigger condo. Yeah, right. So I think people just are saying, hey, Condos mathematically, it's I can actually maybe afford a house with those extra five hundred bucks a month condo fees. I'm not getting people unloading their condos. I'm getting actually the opposite. I'm getting people refinancing their condos because there's so much equity. Where they can literally still take that equity out. Rent in Toronto is, you know, increasing mm -hmm. if you if you don't have a growing tenant, um, you know, and mm -hmm. and you can still have your cake and eat it too type of thing because you, you get both. the down payment, you put as much down on your new primary, you rent it out, it cash flows, you know, depending on the math. So, 
But, you know, that brings back to the original point, you know, are we going to start seeing maybe some supply issues again on in terms of condos? I know you work with a lot of developers. <clears throat> what are you seeing? Well, developers seem to be pretty confident. There's, there's still a shortage, right? You know, in Toronto, you can't produce enough inventory to meet demand. It's just impossible right now. Or fast enough. Um, so we can't build fast enough. There's just not enough infrastructure to, to do it. But uh, condo developers seem to be very confident that price point is going to continue to rise. Um, as far as supply and demand, they'll pro- there is a, you're going to see the supply grow a little bit, but there'll still be a bit of a shortfall there. I think the, the thing with the condo market is is we're, we're starting to hit that, that peak in price point where people are going to start looking at houses as an alternative and entry-level point. Maybe it's not living downtown Toronto, mm-hmm. but you look in the 905 where you yeah. can afford a home for, a little, for an extra hundred or $200,000 a month. You know, in a lot of cases, in these larger condos, maintenance fees are like five, seven hundred dollars. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. For five, seven hundred bucks, so, you can get that extra mortgage that you need. So right? that, buy that, a house. that being said, what are you guys seeing in terms of days on market, Hugo? Like on suburb homes, you know, like I'm not it. seeing too many suburb homes. The stuff that I do outside the city is generally investment properties, and if it's a good investment property, they don't last too long, and there's bidding wars on them. That's my experience. So I'm seeing days on market for suburbs. Um, Brand 10, new. 10, 10 to 15 days. Yeah, that seems to be kind of the right. norm. Unless you're high price points in a neighborhood and that's 30 yeah. plus days, right? right. You know, right. But in Toronto, we're seeing, you know, one week. Unless they, hold, unless they hold offers there's for two weeks. There's still bidding wars. No, like there's le- a less than a week. I, like, I, like well, a week because they're holding offers for no, a week, I right? They it. list a house on Monday, they take offers the following Wednesday, like a week so later. If right? it's a good property, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sell. There's massive demand. For, for, for housing. And you guys were mentioning, you know, looking at outside the Toronto area, but I think what's actually created here is uh, neighborhoods that are a little bit less desirable in Toronto, people are getting into those neighborhoods and buying it at a depreciated value because nobody really wants to live there. But then you're seeing a little bit of uh, gentrification. People start moving in there and that's just part of the process with an urban city like Toronto. That's just going to happen. And I'm seeing people buying seven, $800,000 homes in pockets of the city that previously were a little bit more you know, I kind of don't want to live there. And they're buying these places, uh, making small improvements, and then, you know, you have the, the neighbors doing the same thing, and eventually you have gentrification, and all of a sudden it's a desirable neighborhood. That happens, it's gonna happen. Right. So I think people are gonna want to live in an urban area, especially people who are millennials. You know, they want to, you know, there's studies out there. They want to be around so, stuff that they can walk yeah, to. Yeah, 100%. So when you have, you know, a market like Toronto, I think any neighborhood in Toronto, for the most part, over the long term, you're going to do well. Yeah. Um, so, so let me ask you this. You have a property. Mm-hmm. Will you refinance and buy an investment property today? And if so, which one? Mm-hmm. Or will you upgrade your property and keep your current as an investment property? You know? I guess the question is, are you bullish? No, I, would, I wouldn't. On, on the market, specifically the condo market. Because, you know, I think, I think downtown condos, like in Toronto... Sure, the maintenance fee is an issue. I get that for yeah. cash flow. But if I'm thinking long term, like 10 years, 15 years from now, I'm very bullish. That's just me. Oh, yeah. I That's agree with I'm you. bullish on both condos and single family homes. But if I had the funds and I had to make a decision today, it would always be single family long term. Right. Not that condos won't do well. I think they'll do great. But my concern is, from my experience, they're not going to cash flow 
at least right now at this moment. Secondly, you can't control the maintenance fees at all. Right. And it's just you know. It depends if you want to be speculative. If you can, if you can get a nice single-family home in in a decent Toronto neighborhood, I think over the long term, that piece of land especially will have way more value than a condo. But condo is turnkey. It's you're a busy professional. You've got. You know, some equity in your home, you put $100,000 towards a condo, but just leave it alone. That's a nice yeah. little Well, investment. that's the thing. But the thing with single family too, especially in it's Toronto, more work. you know, it's a lot more work. It's more expensive. Right? Like, sure, but if you do it right. Well, that's a lifestyle question though. And right. that's, that's a whole other conversation, right? You know, look, I used to own condos. I had like 12 of them at one point and all investment props. I never lived in one of them. And I have to say, like, they were great in the sense that they were turnkey investments and I was There's able to get young professionals. There's always demand yeah. for it. We never had yeah. one time it was a new build and, and the, the, there was a little bit of work to be left in the property and it took us a month to rent it out. Other than that, it's always usually days to lease out the condo. So it's always been great. But the one thing that I have to say about being an investor who owns condos and who's, who's owned houses and owns houses is that uh, the housing market... I'm able to really budget and manage my budget a lot better because the condo, the variable that keeps changing on us is the cost of servicing that property. Sure. Inflationary yeah. rents, inflationary increases are not actually real inflation. You have utility costs going up, you have, uh, you know, which is driving uh, uh, the condo fees rising. And then with those condo fees rising, sometimes it's the difference between being positive cash flow or negative cash sure. flow. Yeah. So if I was an investor today and I had the, luxury of being able to sell my condo and maybe redeploy the money into a house, I would make that recommendation. I think that you can manage things. The other thing is, real quickly, is we are now in a period of time where rent control is going to be the new norm in Ontario. And this type of rent control that is going to be very, very favorable moving forward to the tenant and not to the landlord in a condo where condo fees can consistently rise you have to be cautious of that. In a house, you're gonna at least be able to manage your budgets a little bit Let me make a comment though that somebody brought to my attention that was a good point. The nice thing about a condo, especially if it's a typical one bedroom, let's say an entry level condo is, it's almost a revolving door of tenants. Oh yeah. Uh, Not always, but usually the tenants are there for a short term. So you can always adjust the market rate. I agree with that. With a house, Again, this is just generalized. With a house, you might actually have someone who says, you know what, I can have like two of these floors. I'm in a really nice neighborhood. I'm just gonna hang out here for five, seven, eight years. Well, but but do a multi-res. You should do a multi-res house. I wouldn't rent out a single family. But I'm just saying like, that's that's one little advantage of a condo is normally you're not gonna have someone who's a lifer, normally. And you're right, like you're able to, immediately adjust the market rent, which is mm-hmm. always going to be a little bit higher than sure. the increases on the maintenance fees, whereas the house, you're going to have someone who's, who's renting at a house for, for years and years and years, and even though your maintenance fees are lower, your market rent is hundreds of dollars lower. So it's, it's still, it's, a diffi- you know, it's difficult. No, no, rent's rising. You, I think you're going to start seeing uh, people stay in their condos, tenants, longer. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, moving you know forward. What? I think people will just eventually, instead of it being a stepping stone where I'm going to rent, I'm going to live somewhere where I'm close to work and now I'm going to save a little money and buy a house. People might just say, just like in New York or, or Paris or London, this is the, the reality. It's an expensive world-class city. I want to be where all the action is. I'm cool spending two, $3,000 a month and living downtown and I'll allocate my savings for other things or maybe I will rent and there's nothing wrong with this strategy and I will invest in real estate in a market that I can afford. Yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of that. that. Actually, yeah. yeah, we're seeing a lot of that too in the sense that, you know, I'm going to keep on renting but, you know, I, I want to buy a, a small I wanna, property I wanna even if it's in the suburbs. Yeah. 
Just even if it's in the suburbs, it's a good idea. right? Because maybe ten years from now, maybe I want to live there. Yeah. <laughs> no, know? we we've seen I've seen clients who, we you know we've had clients who are renting in Toronto and bought a recreational property. Yeah. You yep. know, so the, their cottage where they can use on the weekends and, and they can Airbnb it in between when they're not yeah. using it. I've also have we have clients who are renting in Toronto and are buying multi units outside of the city sure. or buying rental properties in other jurisdictions like Montreal, for example, Alberta. Yeah. We're seeing people do that as well because they're just looking at the market and they're saying, hey, I can't afford a million, million and a half. I can afford a $400,000 asset, yeah. but, not a million. but I want to live in the city. And so. I want all the amenities. And I think, yeah. I think people just need to shift their mind in terms of it, there's nothing wrong with not owning your primary residence as long as you're able to possibly create value in owning a real estate property that's affordable to you and renting it out. You're still yeah. owning your real estate. You're still taking advantage of the appreciation and everything else. And you're at least in, in a market where you're willing to to, uh, to live and work. And I think my generation, a lot of the millennials, I don't, and this is maybe me being uh, you know, subjective, but- He thinks he's a millennial. <laughs> I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the cusp. I'm on the cusp of the millennial. Um, I think, you know, this generation's preference is to be close to a lot of the action. A lot of people are giving up driving and they're taking but, Ubers. But, but not, okay, but it's also changed. Toronto wasn't like it is now. No, like twenty not. years ago, like twenty years ago, you were what sixty? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you would be downtown Toronto. It's there, dead. There, there would a be ghost nothing town. to do after no. seven o'clock on on Bay Street. You know now. You can walk past, like you walking on Bay but Street, you, you don't know. You could also go, drive to the suburbs in about 30, 40 minutes, have a nice, pristine, clean sure. neighborhood. Now, you know, Toronto was gritty back in the day. And now because of how much people are living downtown, how much there is to do, I mean, it's a very different lifestyle. Yeah, but 20 years ago, Tobacco was a suburb. North yeah. York well, was a, a, North York was a suburb. Now, Tobacco, yeah. and North York are Toronto. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. So it's a different mentality. Twenty years ago, there were you know dirt lots in downtown Toronto. You could park a car. There was no such thing as paid parking. You just threw a car in a dirt lot. Right. Yeah, right. you know because uh, there was all these vacant lots around. Obviously, the city has changed. We went from a manufacturing-based, you know, city, yeah. you know, to a service-based economy that is driven through the financial industry. Yeah. And as this, as we're becoming this world-class city, you know, things are going to change, right? Well, not just that, but you have tech coming in too. Toronto's big becoming tech. a big huge tech hub. Like, oh, we're, we're obviously diversifying, right? Yeah. You know, and back to like the whole concept of real estate in downtown Toronto. Just take a look at office development. Mm-hmm. You look at companies like TELUS who built their head office in downtown Toronto and they spent mm-hmm. hundreds of millions of dollars in that project. And they did it, why? Because they were losing talent to Rogers and Bell because they had offices in Toronto and they did, and Telus mm-hmm. didn't. Just for retention of high quality employees, they decided to invest hundreds of millions of dollars yep. in a development downtown. If you're a young guy or girl, all the banks are doing Do you want to go to, you know, uh, uh, Mississauga? No, to, nobody to wants to work in Mississauga. <laughs> or, or Sorry, Mississauga. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you want to be where the action is and, you know. Yeah. If you can think, eliminate think, that commute time, that's that's even that's a bonus. So I think as uh, the market's really hot, we, obviously we see that you know this this market has still has potential for growth. There seems to be a great deal of confidence. Oh, even yeah. lenders are lending a, with a lot more confidence to Toronto and the GTA than yeah. they are lending in other markets in yeah. other cities or across the country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we could tell that from the policies. So the question then begs is: Hey, if values are stable and they're going up, and you have equity in your home. It's a good time to maybe look at refinancing some of that equity out, yeah, and pay off some debt or redeploy it into an investment and improve and invest your interest rate. Asset. This is also a very good time. Improve to, your home. Yeah, this is also a very good time to do that because, in my opinion, you know, I, I always, I always pay attention to the little details, but 
Um, and it's actually starting to happen now. Yes, you know, the rates have gone up a little bit here and there, but banks are now starting to be a lot more aggressive. Yeah. And the reason is because their fiscal year is about to end. Yeah. Right? This is, you know, we're entering, if we're not already in Q4 to the banks. This is the last quarter for uh, them. It's, 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 it's now or never for them, yeah. right? And they need to hit those numbers. So, so it's no lenders. longer about 100% profitability. It's also about market share and share of wallet. So, yeah. you know, if you're at that, you know, six month, a year, uh, possibly even a year and a half of coming your mortgage to renewal, maybe it's now it's a good time. I think any time. It's always a good time to have a chat because it has to market. Yeah. I had a conversation with someone on the way in here and uh, her rate was about half a percent higher than what's currently mm-hmm. available right now. And there was a penalty of a few thousand dollars, but we broke it down and said, look, if we, you know, over a 12 month period, you're more than make up that cost of that penalty. But more importantly, you just reset your rate for five years. It's and completely revamped your whole financial situation. You're absolutely right. But it's not even about that. It's about people that are coming to maturity on a January or February. That's the worst time yeah, to ever so yeah, renegotiate your, your, your term. It's, it's, it's literally yeah. because it's literally Q1. It's all and, RSPs and, and, at that time. And banks are not even focusing on that. They're looking they're, at they're RSPs and mutual funds. RSPs, investments, all the fun stuff, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, hey. Um, September is a good time because the banks want to close out the year strong. Sure. They know that everyone's sort of back from their vacation, yeah. a little more yeah. focused, and yeah. it's a great time to revisit yeah. your finances yeah. and see if there's any uh, well, opportunity to save some money. You know, and we know this. We, we, we got a, a call from a big lender yesterday. We won't say names or anything, right? But like, I was surprised with... Oh, yeah. Like, it. A lender who's been out of the market for probably six months, and all of a sudden, they're like, back in they a big back way. Right? Like, hey, we're doing this. Like, strong. Yeah. Really good rate. But yeah. we get, we, we've been seeing that the last two weeks, sure. right? Lenders are constantly, on sure. a daily basis, coming out with sure. promos and more aggressive pricing because they want to compete, like you said, for the end of the quarter. And right? it's funny because then I call my other banks, and I, hey, this other bank just came up with, with this, and they're like, what? <laughs> really? How, how are they doing this? So now it's... Yeah. Like, so it becomes a mini, you know, who can... Who can bank war. Yeah, yeah. Good. it's good for clients. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think we're done. Unless you guys want to rant the anything else. No, that was good. Good coverage. No? no, I think we're running down towards the end here. So yeah, yeah. the battery's running low. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll thanks, be back guys. next week. Thanks. Cheers. Bye.